You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, The Beat. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on music news. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, The Beat. Hey guys, welcome to The Beat. It's your boy DJ Jesse Janity, and I'm joined in studio by the one and only Ernie Singleton. But we have to have a dance break first. And Ernie, I have a question for you. Do you know who sings this song? Where this beat came from? Or do you know who sampled the song? I know the song. What's the song called? And the beat goes on. Yep. I know the group. Who's the group? The Whispers. Hey! <laughs> I, we're gonna have to get your prize for after the show. You are the first person. Oh no! You no! You're bo- you're you're jiving me, right? No way. Honestly, you're the first person who has guessed that song. Get out of here! Ever, and I, you know, a, a lot of the times we, I've had a, a couple, you know, younger generation kids, <laughs> and they come in. I'm thinking, okay, at least say Will Smith. Oh my God! They don't even get the Will Smith. I'm like, yeah. they're like, yeah, lots, I heard that lots song. of people have sampled it. Oh, exactly. You know, like, yeah. on, when you hear that song now, Will Smith just it. it, it, it I don't know if it's a positive thing or a negative thing, but it has just toxicated your mind, and I just hear Miami every yeah. single time. But, but you know, I am, uh, you know, cause I, not to date myself, but I, I remember in 87, I, Big Daddy Kane did a song, and it, he sampled a group out of Memphis called Booker T and the MGs. Mm-hmm. Um, Booker T and the MGs were two white guys and two black guys. Very unique and very interesting and very infectious music they made, but very soulful. What was the name of Booker T and the MGs. The song was called Hip Hugger. Uh-huh. I knew that it was an instrumental. I knew the song. So when I heard Kane's, when I heard Kane's rap, he was spitting on it, I said, wow, Kane. I said, that's, that's Booker T and the MGs, Hip Hugger. Kane said, man, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> but he was sampling on it. Me, but, that, but the song then, in 87, was over 20 years old. It's crazy. And Kane was about 23, 24, right? So I thought, Generation Gap Ernie. Mm-hmm. And how would he know the song? Because he was like running around in pull-ups <laughs> when that record was a hit. So he wouldn't have known. But I say that to just make a reference that how, how much great music there is that, you know, certainly you'll hear something. And because we're, in a, we're, we're, we're a musical generation now, that music is... M- by and large, sampled or, or fruity lubed or, yep. you know, synthesized, not created the way it was in the days of the Booker T and the MG's hip hugger. So when you, if, you don't, if you're not making every little nuance of the song, you know, it's not the same thing. Yep. Um, but the music is still the same. And it's still music. I, I, I just want to, before we get started, Sorry. in the no, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. wisdom coming from yeah. you. Uh, I just want to let everybody know out there that you were the former president of Urban Music at MCA Records yeah. um, for several years. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, you have over 139 gold and platinum records under your belt. Yeah, a few more than that, well, but you know, yeah. You know, just a couple. <laughs> oh, you said over, yeah. Over. Yeah. Um, it, with music today, because I want to get into some uh, trending topics. You've been in the music industry for so long, and you know one thing that 2014 kind of keeps. Well, I wouldn't say 2014. I'd say it's from since like 2005 to 2014. Music has been kind of getting a bad rap, a lot because of sampling, a lot because of uh, we're we're leaving the sound of real instruments. So for you to kind of go through, uh, I mean, we've worked with the greats, Diddy, Miles Davis, Shaka Khan, Madonna, I mean, New Edition. Uh, where do you see music in 2014 from your standpoint? Well, you know, music, music evolves. I think it's, uh, you ask me where do I see it. Um, I don't think we can define where music is going to be. That's, what, that's what's so great about music. Um, Something interesting, though, and, and, you know, this is not a name drop, but, you know, I had this conversation with Quincy Jones because when Quincy did Back on the Block, mm-hmm. it was Ice-T, Kumo D, Sarah Vaughan. That's the, that's the one that had Secret Garden with James Ingram and Barry White and I'll Be Sure on that song. But it was a, it was a compilation album. But it was, 
Quincy came out of the studio with Ice-T, Kumo D, Sarah Vaughn on that album, and he said something that I had not heard. He said, man, those are some great artists. He was referring to the rappers as artists. I had never heard people refer to rappers as artists. Really? I'd always heard people diss rappers and claim that they were not artists. I'm talking late 80s. I said, wow, Quincy. I said, you called them artists. I said, I've heard more jazz aficionados like yourself diss rappers as not being artists because mm-hmm. it wasn't music you so they said he said no man no 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 Ernie he said those are great artists they didn't he said remind me when we did bebop you know he said walk in the studio nothing written down they just spontaneous so I said that because we Quincy said to me he said notice every 25 years Ernie the music will change and when it changes people who like the old music usually will criticize the new music yeah and I kind of saw that happening even in hip-hop as as the new boys and some of the new sounds kind of began to surface. Three, four years ago, people started saying, man, that's not music. I thought, wow, man, you sound like people sounded when hip-hop came along. You should watch what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about bonafide, certified rap and hip-hop people were starting to diss the, the, new, the new sound that's coming up. The What, what we're getting from... Uh, I don't know, The weekend and people like that. They were doing something different. They're not quite trying to sound like Drake. Calling Drake an emo you know, up or... Yeah, they're, they're trying to be somewhere else. Yep. Kendrick Lamar, trying to be somewhere else. So when people started dissing that because it didn't sound like the typical West Coast rap, I was like, guys, watch it. <laughs> but no, I don't think we can define music like that. I think music is defined, and it's, and it's a young thing. Young people define what's fresh and new, and if what's old is really solidified with some real strong elements, it's going to rain. It's going to live. It's going to continue to permeate. And that's interesting to me because I think about that all the time. You know, uh, we talked last week, Jennifer Lopez really and Mariah Carey yeah. released their albums, right? And so everyone was talking about Jennifer Lopez and how her album is going to flop and Mariah Carey's mm, album's flopping. And uh, Mariah stayed quiet, but J-Lo came out and she said, you know, I'm not trying to rub this in anyone's face, but I- I'm Jennifer Lopez and she's Mariah Carey. Yeah. We've done this. <laughs> yeah. We've had, yeah. we've released the album. Yeah. And when we release the album, all the singles go number one. Yeah. We've done that. Yeah. Now I look at it more as a journey. Yeah. You know, if I'm not on the billboard charts, I'm still getting paid. I'm yeah. still making yeah. my money. And I think that we get so caught up with numbers and, you know, who's who and these labels. I mean, we have the BET Awards coming up. And one thing that people are complaining about is who's being put, Rihanna's being put in a soul label, you know, to each his own. If it, that's, is, it is so. But, it, you know, it's funny how people want to define everything. But that's been a part of our issue for a long time. You know, and it's interesting about urban music, black music. It has constantly been redefined to try to beautify it for someone other than the African-American yeah, community. That's a great way of putting it. No, no, it's very interesting. You know, I remember being told that the term R&B by old, old school guys, they were like 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 the Duke Ellingtons and the Cab Calloways. And those guys called it racism and bigotry. Mm-hmm. But they were, they were around in the 40s and in the 50s before the Civil Rights Movement. They were around. They were those people who couldn't go in places and so on and so on. I mean, Quincy would tell me how he'd hire a white. He'd hire a white. He'd have a white band member who would drive the car when they were riding through the country and he would go in places and order food because if and, and if they got stopped, they the been. police didn't harass them because the white band member would tell the white, the police people that that's my band and it was cool. That <laughs> was funny, but but there's always people who are labeling the music, and so it'd okay. be better that we don't label music mm, and it, just it, let artists be artists. You know, we just did our event. We do we we do a celebration of Black Music Month every June, and we celebrate it because of the heritage and the culture of the music. You know, um, well, before we get into that, but kind of break down uh, black music. Month. But, Why? But you ask a question. Okay. Let me answer your question. You said, should we label it or not label it? I think that's about definition. Sometimes you want to know. It's like because you want to know you if you tell your guy, man, I want something. Uh, I want something like like really it's going to like high energy and, and very explosive. Um, but I want it to be a rock song. He knows what you want. Right. That don't sound like cool in the gang celebration. <laughs> you know? So so you 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 kinda have to define it sometimes and the labels is about that. I don't think it's bad to label it. Um if you told me you were doing a movie and it's gonna be a love scene and you need some music for the love scene, 
then I might get some music for you. But then if you say, but it's going to be a love scene, but I, it's going to be like a really uh, grimy, heavy, yeah. um, um, boys in the hoods kind of love scene. So now what am I going to get? So I got to find some music that fits a whole nother mindset. So it has its benefits. Yeah. You know, but uh, I mean, I, okay, I get just, that. You know, just food for thought. It could go in a lot of different, it doesn't have to be anything. It could be whatever you want it to be. It could be, a, it can be, it can be symphonic music for that same love scene. It's a matter of where you're going with it and what are you trying to capture as your vision. Is there a sound out there that uh, throughout the years you were a little turned off at first, but then when you were more open to it, kind of I've, took nah, on? Nah, I've never been turned off. I love music, and I know music Music defines itself. And mm-hmm. most times if you don't like something, try not to judge it. Just be present. Allow your body and your ears to be a sponge and just absorb it. Don't don't define it. Don't say, oh, it ain't my favorite. I don't like that. I don't feel like that. Ah. Get out of your get out of your comfort zone and allow the music to exist and, and just let it roll. Oof. Amen yeah. to that yeah. right there. Okay, let's yeah. talk about some trending. <laughs> to, I love it. That. that was a great t- uh, quote. Yeah, we we do that a lot. We define music and we and we misjudge it. I love and, it. And we try to be that, and we and we should be careful with that. Now, Ernie, you've done radio before. Uh-huh. Um, and you know who Angie Martinez is. Yes, yes. Uh, she's been in the game for over 20 years. Yeah. Crazy. Yes. So she was uh, tied to Hot 97. Have you been keeping up? And now she's leaving Hot 97 and moving to their rival station, Power 105. And fans are going livid. They're crazy. They're like, you're not loyal. And poor Angie Martinez. She's been with this company for 20 years. She came out and finally made a statement. She said, ultimately, the powers that be over at Hot 97 understood that Power 105 made me a better offer that I could not refuse. Even the highest of the higher-ups, which uh, came to me and they said, you've served this company well for so many years, I can do nothing but wish you well. She said, at the end of the day, I love being on Hot 97. I've been here for 20 years. I want to elevate my career. Everyone else has done it. Why is everyone, you know, criticizing me? So she's moving to Power 105. They offered her more money. They offered her her own show segments. Smart move on her part. Exactly. Smart move. Um, the whole New York radio landscape is is changing. There, there's a new urban station popping up. Yep. Even to give that BLS a run for the money. I think Angie Martinez has been people. People always interesting. People always tend to fight and rebel on change. Yeah. And. Um, you know, there's some loyalty that comes into play when you're somewhere and you've been there for 20 years. Angie Martinez has been, she's a part of the fabric. Thank God she's still in the, in the New York market. Mm-hmm. But she can be, she can go anywhere, and I think she would do well. I totally uh, agree. Yeah, because she's so, she's just so knowledgeable. She's an amazing broadcaster. Um, you know, a great talent. You know, she's spontaneous, she's witty, she's good looking, and she knows and she knows her craft. Mm-hmm. And she keeps a very level head, which I really appreciate as a, a host. Um, you know, to look at the counterpart, you got Wendy Williams, you know, who started in the New York radio scene. And look where yeah. her career yeah. is. So I could imagine Angie looking at this like, you know what? I love it here. I'm comfortable. But you, sometimes you got to get out of that, that comfortable box. But she's getting an opportunity. To, she's getting an opportunity to grow, yep. which means she'll, she'll probably make more money. Um, you know, you, you can't always define what you want out of a job when you first get started in any business, in any industry. Um, and when people come knocking on your door while you're employed, that's a really good knock. Yep. <laughs> whether you, whether you want to take the job or not, always take the interview. That's the message to everybody in the audience. When people want to talk to you and you're in, you're in a job, you like where you are, you're not looking for no new job, you're not trying to go anywhere, yada, 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 you don't have time for it. Take the meeting. Take the interview. Because you never know. Well, what, what if you were the person who was reaching out to somebody who you wanted to talk to? Wouldn't you want them to talk to you mm-hmm. as opposed to you being rejected? So, so take the meeting. Now, what happens is if someone's offering you Angie Martinez, hypothetical, let's say Angie makes, I'll give her $200,000 a year, and... Someone now wants to offer her a job, and they're willing to maybe pay her $500,000 a year. You don't normally get those kind of raises on your regular job, okay, guys? (laughs) Most raises are like 2%, 3%, maybe 5%, and that's really big, right? Uh So so if you're making 
100,000, 500,000, 50,000. Average people, 30 and 40,000. You're going to get a 3% increase. The numbers don't change percentage-wise if you're at a two or 300,000 level. Right. But when a new company comes at you, now it's you've got negotiating rights because you, you're, first you're working. If you've got some great credentials like Angie has, some other things are working too for you. So, so I think it's, it's a lot, little bit more to it than the average person may see um, when, when you're talking about being made offers. Companies make offers to people, especially when you're good and when you're – uh, your your credentials speak mm-hmm. f- speaks volumes for you. I, I you know just not to say this because I don't want to add to the rumor guild, but there is a rumor going around saying that because uh, she just did an interview with the Breakfast Club, who is a part of Power mm-hmm. One Hundred Five. Um, rumor that they brought her in to kind of see how she would do with Charlemagne and Envy to kick Angela Yee out. I that would be messy. Please don't do that. I don't want to see that. See people coming in and tearing things. Well, up. You, you just just know it's a ratings game. No, exactly. So a lot of things I happen. It. A lot of things happen, and a lot of things that we think are contrived are not contrived. Mm. It's just that what happens when you know we get a host like you and we say, "Well, I mean, I really like him. He's good. He's good. He's spontaneous. He has great ideas. He has a great approach. I like the way he interviews. I like the way he." And, then, and all of a sudden, you say, "Wow, man, what happened? He just we we, we kicked somebody else out." Yeah, and it wasn't planned. But if I see you and I say, wow, I really, really like him, not to mention it's like there's so many things we look at because we have to appease our advertisers. We keep talking global. We don't do global if we make everything flavor flavor. So I might say, you know what? I like the fact that he has a multicultural look and vibe. Right. And flavor flavor could fit that, too. But if he comes off too black and too urban and too ghetto, I might say, you know, he's good for me, but he's only good for me up to this point. And after that, I kind of lose him because. I really want to like. I want to. I want to seize Bakersfield. I want to seize the Inland Empire, and I want to what? So That's based kind of on that, makes picture. it. We make decisions based on what's going to really give us. What's going to help? What's, what's going to help us to really wipe the competition out? Because that's what we really want to do. We want to beat the competition. Well. But Power One Hundred Five so, taking Angie Martinez on, y'all are wiping the competition. If they put That's, Angie, if they put Angie on the Breakfast Club, and you know what, that could work too. Cause, and, and even even if she's in and out, it doesn't mean she has to replace somebody. That's true. There's That's so many ways true. to do this with um, with these different branded shows. Because I watched it and I thought she really has great chemistry with them. Because I've always been kind of iffy with Angie. I like Angie's personality, but she's not aggressive uh, as Charlemagne in uh, NVO. Mm-hmm. And so watching that interview and then hearing that rumor, I was like, oh, exactly like you said. It automatically thinks, wait, are they contriving this? Is this like something that they're doing? But it is a natural fit. And I mean, she's been doing radio for 20 years. Of course, she's naturally going to come off. And they also have the, they had, they had the ability to create another show around her as well. And that, I mean, that would take Power 105 to a whole nother level. You have yeah. the Breakfast Club and yeah. Angie Martinez. Well, they, they've got to do some things because the market is changing. Mm-hmm. The market is changing and you, you have to constantly re-infuse new energy and new programming ideas in order to stay ahead of the curve, in order to keep people tuned in. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love your mindset. Um, all right. Aretha Franklin is in the news again. Uh, we've been talking about uh, bio, uh, biopics. We have the Aaliyah one coming out. We have the Whitney Houston one coming out. Um, we have the NWA one coming out. What are your thoughts on, on, on these three so far? Have you heard any rumors about them or heard of who's being casted? I've, I've always, I always hear uh, a lot of these things are, are long a long time coming. Uh, I think they're overdue and I think they're really great. I don't know when they're coming or how they're coming. So uh, Aaliyah and Whitney Houston, along with Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. got picked up by Lifetime. Okay. Lifetime is uh, going to be putting a lot of money into these three productions. Um, NWA, the story is called um, Straight Out of Compton, and it actually got a theater release. It actually pushed back Born Identity's sequel, uh, or what is it, like the third or fourth one? The office, the box office, uh, the production studio thinks it's going to do so well. They pr- they push that one back to 2016, and NWA straight out of Compton got uh, next year June release. I could see NWA being the prominent one that gets spotlighted first. As much as I love Aaliyah, Whitney, and Aretha, um, I can relate to what that is and why we are seeing NWA. I don't want to say why we're seeing it, but I think there are so many. 
there's so many cultural dynamics that NWA has impacted. Not that Aretha and Whitney and Aaliyah hasn't, but in a totally different way. NWA really ripped the lid off the music and redefined it. They they paved the road for Aaliyah techno, technically. Yeah, they put uh, everything in their face to be, to be able to be a hip a hip hop R and B artist. They paved the road with the with the edginess that that Ice Cube and 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 Easy and Dre and all of them did, uh, uh, Yellow and 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 Ren with with the edginess that they came up with with N.W.A. Niggas with an attitude. The N word was I mean it's amazing. I I say that because you know. People say don't use the N-word. Niggas with an attitude <laughs> is what the NWA was all about. Right. And and before that, before that, Curtis Mayfield made records like uh, Don't Worry, There's a Hell Below, We're All Gonna Go. And it's niggas, Jews, crackers. It's like all those words are there. Um, that's our culture. Mm-hmm. NWA, unedited. They kind of came out with with the with the with an energy and a and a lyric from the streets that was that was very passionate. It was very real. It was very genuine, and it evolved, mm-hmm. continued to evolve, and to this day, it's still evolving. And that's kind of what was meant when people say, "Man, I'm gonna keep it real." <laughs> Some people say keep it real, and they're not keeping it real. NWA, they they didn't say keep it real. They just did it, and you kind of saw it, and you knew it, and people. People embraced it, and, and I mean, the, the, a realism that sometimes wasn't even uh, wasn't even put out there. I, I'm sorry, you you asked me about no, the, the biopics. I need you to follow me everywhere because I've been talking about these biopics with everyone, and they, I'm like, because I, I told exactly why you just said that about NW. That's. A, 100% why I believe they got the theatrical. Because everyone's like, why didn't Aaliyah? If, if Aaliyah were, was going to change the world. Aaliyah was, Aaliyah, if Aaliyah were, was. If I were running NWA one of the studios, did. if I were running one of the studios and all these came up, I would try to figure out when are we putting them out because they're not all coming out this year. Yeah. They're not coming out behind each other. We got to space them. And what are we doing and where and when? And Aretha, Aretha maybe, but maybe not. Love the queen, but we don't need her right now. Right. In this one. If you want to do something for the Discovery Channel or for or just for a, a, a behind the music VH1 thing, and again, I love Aretha, but Whitney's deceased. Yeah, Aaliyah's deceased. Those make sense for another reason. So we have to kind of define the value from a uh, a branding perspective, from a from a programming perspective, and what will the consumer really gravitate to? Uh, NWA. Yeah. NWA. It's across the board, it's a huge. It crosses a lot of lot of demographics. Um, it's not even pigeonholed into any. Not that not that Whitney and, and Leah doesn't have major crossover appeal, but NWA. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. but, um, along with these biopics, Aretha's also going to be uh, releasing a album called Divas, where mm-hmm. she's going to be singing songs of the greats. She's already cut tracks: uh, uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Midnight Train to Georgia, Barbara Streisand's People, Donna Summer's Last Dance, Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do with It, and Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Um, she's going to be working with Andre 3000, Pharrell Williams. Like you said, this is what I want you to work on, Aretha. This is the kind of project I yeah. want to see. You know, again, I, you know, there is a certain type of development when it comes to movies and things like that. As far as Aretha Franklin, I actually don't really know the story of Aretha Franklin, so it would be interesting. But as far as the weight of Whitney has passed and to pull that memory in, I feel like Whitney has the bigger pull right now. Yeah. Well, Aretha has a great story, but let me just say she's, I, I, and I'm not here to tell her story. I don't even know if I'm qualified to tell her story. But I lived some of Aretha's story just being like most people on, in, 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 the, in the world and certainly in the United States. You know, when I was a teenager, I would hear Aretha Franklin records and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. She's she, she still, in my opinion, and I've worked, I've never worked with Aretha. I've worked with Gladys and Patty and Donna Summer and Cher and Captain Antonio and quite a few people, Stephanie Mills and the list goes on. But Aretha I've never worked with, but she is by far one of the, if not the most amazing singers on the planet. Yep. I mean, just amazing. Her, her, the, her ability, what she can do with her voice and the way she can execute. And I mean, I, I was at, I was, at, I was on the Grammys TV committee when Pavarotti was supposed to uh, do a special segment and he got sick. I, I remember that. He was there and he got sick and he couldn't do his segment. And it like, it, we, we knew today that he couldn't do it tomorrow. And it was like, whoa, I didn't know what we we're going to do about that. And all of a sudden, Aretha 
perform that segment. Yep. And just amazing. How long did she know or was she prepped? We, 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 I mean, you know, when somebody is sick and you think they're not going to be able to do their piece on the Grammys, you think that you're going to, you know, you're going to, they're going to get well between now and the next few, a few hours or tonight. <laughs> they're going to get well and they're going to be right. all right tomorrow. That didn't happen. So I don't know how long. Oh, I don't, I don't wow. know what happened, but it was it, short notice, extremely short notice, and she killed it. Hence why she is the queen. Yeah, she killed it. All yeah. right, so let's get into some new videos that dropped this week. The first one is, uh, I'm not going to put a label on her since that's what we're doing today, you know. Uh, I'm going to just let you guys sit back, enjoy her. Um, we've had her on the Six Mix before. Her name is Tink. She's an Tink. artist. She sings, she raps, uh, does poetry. The song is called Time. Time. All right, well. Do we know where Tink is from? Tink is from California. Good. All right, so we're going to get that video back up. Uh, she's from California. She just dropped this new record with Jeremiah called Don't Tell Nobody. Uh-huh, okay. uh, we played it last week. It's Is it her record or is it Jeremiah's record? It's her record, which I love Jeremiah right mm-hmm. now because he's just hop. He's He sat back long enough, and I love when an artist knows... To just chill mm-hmm. and wait for their time yeah. to shine. Uh, you know, Jason Derulo was a good uh, excellent example of that this year. Chris Brown went yeah. into rehab. Yeah. Jason was like, well, let me step right on yeah. in and release my yeah. album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Great so timing. with Tink, it's interesting to me because she reminds me of Jenea Aiko mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, she's a little more harder. She comes a little harder. Um, is this... Tink. Nice. Nice. She's nice. Nice. Great song. You remember T... Well, remember. Do you know T.J. Moses? No, I don't. The sound of her? She's a great singer. She was uh, around... Came out around the beginning of the 2000s. She never really blew up, but her... her, I mean, she had a huge fan Mm -hmm. base. She brings that sound back to me, and I love... Like, A-Marie, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that that sound that I feel like it never really hit mainstream... And then it just kind of disappeared for a while, and I, I love that we're. Yeah, I, I like what I saw here and what I heard, and uh, and her her uh, whoever produced her has done a great job. That, you know, I mean, she got a great voice, and it was well produced. Uh, the challenge with a lot of young artists who are stepping out, they'll make a song, something that's good like this, and all the other elements don't fall in place. What the other elements? Promotion and marketing, and getting them in front of people, and getting her out on promotional tours or in front of audiences. I mean, does she, was, was she be hitting the circuit in Atlanta and Macon and Savannah and Augusta and Memphis and Nashville and New Orleans? And would she be there during the Essence Festival and hitting a couple of spots? Where do you see the biggest, uh, those, those sort of things. Some, things? Well, sometimes it's, it's money. Sometimes people can't afford to do that. And it's not something you do by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you do need a team of people and you need people who know where to go. Right. So you can end up in New Orleans or in Atlanta, and if you don't know where to go and you don't know when to be there, then it's the same thing. You miss, you miss, the, you miss the mark. So for me, it's a really bummer because you've got a lot of really great talent yep. and people who are really committed and, and really dedicated. Um, they need a team. They need a team of people around them. And it doesn't always pay a lot of money. It doesn't always make a lot of money. But, but, but if, you, if you've got that team and you can really get out there, Especially when you have good product, like this is a, this is a it wasn't a great video, no, but it's not a bad video. It's you know it did it did, it doesn't need the 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 antics of you know of being shot at the you know at at the, in the penthouse of the Four Seasons or anything. It, that you get the video. emotion. It was a great video. The message was good on the song, and I can I can hear in her voice that she's also a great a great artist, a great singer. 
Well, I'm very interested to see what you're yeah. going to think of this next artist. So I've never heard of this person before. Um, it blew up on my Facebook timeline this week. So it, the artist is called FKA Twigs. And F- the song is called... FKA Twigs. Twigs. And um, the song is called Two Weeks, and it is viral this week. So let's take a look at that. It's be very interesting. <laughs> you FKA Twigs, two weeks. Great visual for the re- with the rest of the music video. The song stays pretty melodramatic, but it delivers a, almost like a Lana Del Rey that yeah. that emotion of I, I don't know what kind of emotion that is, but it just um, hits pretty hard. It's it's very artsy, um, almost too artsy, okay, to me. Um, Gave me a little Aaliyah. What was that vampire movie she did? Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. <laughs> but to, for for a song like this, and that my my thought, my first thought is it needs to be in, it needs to be a part of something. Mm. You know, if this song has the right platform, it can be it can be through the roof. So I don't really know the the marketing theory behind it. You know, um, for some reason my mind keeps going into uh, you know. Movies, I, I, there no, is no, I, there's no Twilight Zone coming out, but movies like that yep. are just something great. It doesn't even have to be a Twilight movie, just a great movie. Uh, if that song gets spotlighted, then it's a different ballgame. Cut because that video with different clips from the movie. Either that or give it, give it, an, give it, an, give it a, an opportunity to be exposed with something else that has nothing to do with the song. Mm. A lot of people see it. Then it, it it resonates different. It connects differently. The music has to make money. Yep. One of the problems most artists are experiencing today, uh, with the with, with so much streaming with Pandora and everybody else, Spotify's the streaming is all good. But if me, you, and someone else sit down and wrote a song, and one or two other people helped put the music to it, and we finally got something great, then it's like we got to make money. We don't mm-hmm. make money. You know, then we can't we can't take care of the babies that we we that we got or the house or the girlfriend or the car note. Those things aren't easy to do. So we find ourselves, man, I got to leave you guys alone. I'm gonna go get me another job. So I say that because when I see videos like the one you just played, um, I could have criticized because I I could see the arms coming up, but I yep. wanted to I needed to see the full bodies of that. It's like, what happened? Am I missing some of the video? Right. Uh, or why didn't they cut that out? It's moving too slow. No, no. If they if, if the girls who were in the background on the floor waving their arms, then they shouldn't have been in the video. Let me just see let me just see the singer. Because she's got this headgear on, the song is incredibly off the chain. Very artistic. I thought about a lot of people when I saw her. Really? Yeah. I thought about a lot of different songs and artists. I thought about an earlier Alicia Keys even. Mm. But do you have the the arsenal to blow that record up? If not, then you know, you, you know, and it, let it go. Don't 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 not release it, but come with your next one and your next one and your next one. Because if you're going to do it virally, you got to cause your fans to know that you're so off the chain that they want to see you, even if you did not get major media exposure. Do y'all hear this right now? This is knowledge being dropped on you, Ernie. I want to talk about you right now. Okay, I want to talk about where this because I see it in you when we're talking about the different songs, different uh, artists. In your brain, I can see it just racking and cre- and creating. Where did this need for development come from? Well, I, I, you know, just it's just me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a New Orleanian. <clears throat> I, I grew up. You know, people really do dance in the street where I came from. Yep. it was very normal, and it and it, and it you know, and a lot and a lot of people do music, and they didn't do music because they wanted to make a lot of money. They did music because they liked the music. They like to play music. 
they like to make money, but they more they more like to play music. And it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to fall in love with music. They say music suits the soul of the savage beast, and it really does. But seeing that, when I started working in the music business, I began to realize what a lucrative financially business it was. And most of the people I grew up with, they're not business savvy. Mm-hmm. They just like to have fun. You know, they'll smoke a joint, drink a little bit. In fact, in New Orleans, you can walk around the streets with a drink. You know, and it's, and it's rampant during Mardi Gras time because that's that's that's, that's the peak of our insanity. Right. <laughs> but but that's the culture of that city. So I saw that all, as a kid and all through my life, I saw that. And, and 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 I find it's not that different in other cities. People who like music like music. People who like to play music or make music, they just like to play and make music. And then from that, you as, as it evolves, you start to being able to cherry pick those who are exceptionally talented beyond the masses. And you've worked with so many people. Um, it, you know, one of the things that just kind of really popped up to me is that you uh, took over Ruthless Records. And you yeah, after went, Easy died, yeah. And you brought it from a fifty thousand dollar company to a sixteen million dollars in sales. Well, yeah, but that was because first of all, I wouldn't have gone to Ruthless had it not been because I knew Easy. Uh, we were never running buddies, but we did business together with him when I was at MCA. And every record we did at Easy did a it was just all soundtracks. When Easy did something. First of all, he always delivered on time, so I knew he was a man of his word. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever he charges, it was, the price didn't change. Because um, sometimes you do business with people, and when you're, when, you're, when you're finally delivering it, they come up with they come up with little miscellaneous things that you didn't know you had to pay for that you thought you had all your expenses. Never had a problem like that with Easy. So I really respected him as a businessman. Really? Um, and when he when he passed, I knew that his company was it being threatened with something that a lot of people may not be aware of. I knew his company was being threatened with involuntary bankruptcy, means three of your creditors will force you to pay your bill, like pay off the house, no pay off the car, and zap all the money out of your account. So the 50000 is what he had in his account. I got that. I understood that. But I knew he had value in right. his company. But if if I didn't step in to run it when I was asked to do that, then I thought, wow, man. He's got a great company, and it's gonna it's gonna go away. Because if the if the states get in, get into it, and if the the creditors force him into bankruptcy, then they're gonna just sell off the assets. Uh, so so I took it over the fifty thousand. What he had in the account, but the the taking it up to. Sixteen million was really because Easy had some great music already mm-hmm. in his vaults, and it was just about. Placement I had to find the music. I had to get it, figure out whose trunk and whose trunk of <laughs> whose car it was, and whose garage. I had to find it, but I had help. Tamika, who ultimately took over the company, was, <coughs> was a great asset. I mean, she really was a great asset, and there were people who were part of Easy's mix who made that part possible. Uh, it wasn't something I did by myself, but I, I understand business, and yeah, and, and I knew, and I knew, and I understand marketing. And I knew what to do with the music when I got it. What's your favorite part about the marketing in music? My favorite part about the marketing in music, wow, uh, is trying to find um, trying to find the point of diminishing returns. Mm. You know, it's called the marginal propensity to consume. Which ex- explain that the, it's when. You, 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 it's like this cup holds hypothetically 10 ounces of liquid. So anything over nine and a half ounces becomes, makes it hard to drink out of because it's going to waste, it's going to spill. So if I'm going to put 16 ounces in here, I got a problem. Right. So do I know where to stop? If it's filling up a soda cup at McDonald's, you, you know, in 10 seconds, you can pull it away if you're doing it fast. You don't have to watch it. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you know how much is going to be in there. The marginal propensity to consume has to do with when you, when so much input, think money, um, you're going to begin to get less and less of a return for your dollar in, which means you, do you know where that is? If I know it's 10 ounces and I know if I put eight or nine in here, I'm good. Okay. If I put, if I put 10 in, I'm going to, it's always going to run over. Okay. Uh, if it's money into music, we're marketing Bone Thugs and Harmony. First of the month. So when do we cut that off? Because we're getting ready to go market East 1999 or we're getting ready to go market Crossroads. So where do we stop marketing first marketing and spending 
What do we stop spending on first of the month? And when do we begin to spend on the, on, on the next song or forget the next song? When do we stop spending on the East 1999 album? And that's always evolving because, you know, one thing that I've started noticing is that the 90s pop stars released two singles a year. Mm-hmm. It was a six month of riding with that single for six months. Now it's like you better make a music video for every record and we're going to drop one a month. Uh, has that been kind of an interesting but that's a part scale of, to climb? That's a different dynamic, though. Yeah, that's that's a different dynamic, which is uh, what artists today have to do. That the, the old model is gone. The old model is forget that. That's oh, that's dead. You know, it's like buying a car now with a cassette player and a, and a, and a CD player in it. <laughs> that's not attractive. Right. If you got that, I don't really need that in my car. So... So the old model is so complex, um, and a lot of it still you can use it, but you got to know how you're using it, because you better be prepared to do the new thing, whatever that is, and know when, mm. when and how to use it. Um, so we got artists now, you know, we have creative people. I, I love Karen Civil. We just honored her, who's, yeah. a, who's a social media kind of a guru, but amazing young lady for what she's <laughs> able to do with social media. Uh, a lot of us know how to go on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but we don't really know how to engage. We don't know how to engage our fans. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to make conversation with people. Like, Pick up my record, look at my video, check it out. But hold up, wait, wait, wait. You know, because everybody's giving you something to do. I'm not really into you yet. You haven't made me like you. I'm not feeling you. So, you know, if, if people don't have natural, something naturally that attracts you to them, then it's hard to like them. Yeah. It's hard to like them. You, you like a song? Okay, good. Like the girl, Jeanette Monet. She yeah. was, you know, she came out there dancing and, you know, doing the James Brown. And, she, you know, she got, a, she got a look and she's consistent with her look. And, and she, she doesn't, you know, so all of her personality may be coming out, but maybe it isn't. No, it, oh, yep. She stays we in don't know artist. Who she, is. she stays in artist zone. You don't need to. Yep. When she's in the artist zone, she's an artist. It's almost like Beyonce when you look at Beyonce because nobody really – we don't get the backstory of Beyonce. All you see is the performer, the Tina Turner that's being pushed out there and, you know, you just have to respect that aspect. And that's one thing that I do like about Janelle Monae. Yeah. She sticks to her artistry. Who's someone for you – because you've worked with so many – you've groomed so many artists. Who's someone for you that uh, was just kind of a pure joy to just watch them grow from what they were to where they are now? A pure joy. Wow, that was a lot of people that I that I enjoyed. Um, Someone that kind of maybe taught you something uh, about the industry. That maybe they were a little uh, pushing against what you wanted uh, or what you were recommending. Maybe you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, when you say pure joy, I, that's hard for me to answer because I, you know, I I like a lot of uh, a lot of people that I worked with. And I got different things from different people. You know, I, I really liked working with Patti LaBelle because she had a great personality. I love working with Quincy Jones. Um, but I I got a big charge out of developing and breaking new artists. I enjoyed, you know, watching Albie Shore evolve. I enjoyed watching Jodeci evolve. You know, I enjoyed watching the New Edition kids evolve from, from their very first concert uh, talent show record that we signed them off of at MCA and then watching them evolve and watching Michael Bivens evolve into a little young businessman. And I could see it in him when they did the, you know, the candy girl record, you know, I could see it in him. Um, You know, and, you know, just those things, seeing Bobby Brown kind of transform into where he was, you know, Ice-T I always thought was a super talent. And um, there was a show used to come on called Nightline. It still comes on. Mm-hmm. But Ted Koppel used to do the show, who was, an, who was a rigid, ruthless interviewer. And Ice-T was one of the best people who just was one of the best people for, for hip-hop and was, was an amazing orator, very well-spoken and, and fast on his feet. So you tried to attack him. He was... He, I'm going to have to go back and watch that interview. Oh, he, but no, it didn't happen. Oh, okay. Nightline wanted to interview some more. We had opportunity to have some of our artists on Nightline. And people were pitching different artists at, at Warner's. And I just wanted Ice-T to be the artist that did it. And, you know, because 
you know, it was it was a little bit against the grain because you know Warner has had an incredible roster, you know, with with Prince and Madonna, and there was just a lot of big artists right. on, on on Warner's, and Ice T wasn't one of the biggest, <laughs> but I just knew that he would, and it was at a time when when hip hop was getting all the bad rap from Congress, from C. Dolores Tucker, and people like that. I just knew Ice T would would, and so when Ice T. It never happened, but when Ice T began to show up in TV shows and um, on, in the movies, uh, I, to me it was like an accomplishment that he he had transcended into something bigger and better. So there's a, there, there are lots of stories like one. that. There are lots of stories like that. Um, talk to me about Black Music Month. Uh, this is really important to you. This is uh, something that you 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 want to you promote every year. Mm-hmm. Um, where did the month of June come from? Um, and what is something that you what is what what are the things that you have going on for Black Music Month? Because uh, I know you have like <laughs> four events coming up like this weekend, right? Uh, there there are four events that we oh, leading up to that, today. Yeah, 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 you, you're events. busy tonight. There's a there's a Kevin Hart birthday party that's tonight. I will be there. Um, actually. Yeah, that's tonight. Um, Black Music Month was um, you know a lot of entertainment industry executives championed and lobbied the White House to declare or to recognize black music. And it was in 79 that then my reigning president was Jimmy Carter, uh, declared June, the month of June, as Black Music Month, as a month to celebrate and acknowledge, maybe not celebrate, a month to acknowledge and recognize the, the, the heritage and the culture of African-American music. Uh, very few people may understand or may even be aware of this, but the only music that people buy all over the world and really want is music that comes out of the United States of America, mm-hmm. not music from any other country. And um, for the longest, music was America's only cultural export. It was our only cultural export. Okay. Then later on, we got McDonald's and we got KFC, and but 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 but, but real culture, and, you know. And some people say it's still our only cultural export. Um, but I want to take you back in the in, in the seventeen hundreds during the slavery period. The 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 slaves, the African slaves, could play music only on Sundays, in a place called Congo Square, mm. and only on Sundays because Sundays is when the masters were off. So they they played music on Sundays, and in, in this place called Congo Square, and it's in a, it's in an area of New Orleans called Treme, and um, Congo Square gave birth to jazz, and to gospel music, and jazz and gospel music pretty much permeates through almost all of the music that comes out of the United States, uh, and, and it's laced with African rhythms and 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 African harmonies and melodies. And those things have that song you played when you when you, your theme song when the beat goes on. Yep. You know it's intense in songs like that. Um, so that's that. <clears throat> there there are things in the music that are so prominent. The, you know, African American people have no rights for inventing or creating the music, but there's something in the music that comes that that has become so dominant in the United States. That it it has um, it, it 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 takes precedent in terms of why why music out of America, in France, in Germany, in Europe, and you name the you name the country, and people want want music. If something is big here, it's respected in other countries. If something is big in another country, doesn't mean anything over here. How is that American can do that musically? But can't do that. Uh, why musically? Why well, American? You got to remember now. You got to remember. Music soothes the soul of the savage beast. And that's not a word I create, something I created. But I say that because there is something soothing about music. You go into acupuncture, you go get a massage, they play a certain kind of music. Sure. It, it's, 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 it's medicinal. Mm. There's something very interesting about the music. I mean, you hear something that sounds and feels right, you may be patting your feet or nodding your head or... 
Well, even the rock and roll. There's a, like my parents were in a rock and roll band when I grew up, and so a lot of what the, was the band uh, they were called Spellbound. Spellbound. And okay. so uh, my my parents would love. Um, they would write these songs and they would just play it. My dad would just bang on the table, and my mom would just be sitting there playing on the piano, and they'd just be creating in front of me. And it's interesting that a lot of the records that they would play, I would have recognized. The beat from someplace mm-hmm. else, and th- that's where I start getting into yeah. DJing because I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, this isn't. Where yeah. is this from? This isn't from here. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it amazes me that we always. It, uh, well, actually, let me just read this. A quote that uh, you came out to say was, "Many times your hard work goes unnoticed. Yes. There is so much that goes into the success of artists or production, and most people only reference the finished product." Um, and that actually brings us to your salute, EE 2014. Yes. Um, and so within that, uh, with Black Music Month, basically recognizing, you know, where a lot of the ties come from today in music and, and giving that acknowledgement, you've created this platform uh, where you salute entertainment insiders. Um, why was this so important to you? Because in order for, um, in order for us all to appreciate where we are and where we're going, we need to we need to know where we've been, um, and so we honor in we honor behind the scenes industry people, and we've been doing this for seven years. So we we're we're actually taking it to another level now. But we do behind the scenes industry people. This year we did Joy Manda, who's president of of, of Interscope, and I think we actually Records. have the picture of all the honorees up here too. So. Okay, we do Joy Manda. Um, we did Karen Civil. I don't know what order you got him, but I'm going to give him that to come to my head. Joy, Joy Manda, Karen Civil. We did Greg Mack, who's amazing in terms of what he did in radio. Um, Groovy Lou. Uh, we did Ron Bloom from, from Bite Size TV. Mm-hmm. And we did Angela Dean, uh, celebrity. celebrity fashion, uh, designer. Um, and we did two special tributes. We did a tribute to Julie Rifkin, a Jewish guy. And we did a tribute to Curtis Mayfield. Let me go back to Julie Rifkin. We did Julie Rifkin because Julie Rifkin in the um, 60s, I guess, uh, started a record company called Spring Records. But Julie Rifkin was a big advocate for African-American people and black music in a time when if you, you know, you're white and Jewish and you're like you're going into hotels and staying in, you go, you checking in the hotel and you staying with the promotion man you're running with, because if if you wasn't with him, he couldn't get in the hotel. Mm. So in order for him to get into a decent hotel, Julie Rifkin would go on the road with his guys because he didn't see color. Um, the artists that Julie Rifkin did was artists that there's an artist named Joe Simon, Millie Jackson, Fatback Band. He also did some stuff with James Brown. But these artists, especially Millie Jackson and Joe Simon, these were really collard green, cornbread, and pig feet kind of black people music. So Julie Rifkin was like, you know, he 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 opened the door. And enriched the lives of Millie Jackson. He enriched the lives of people like Joe Simon. He enriched the lives of the band, the Fatback Band. Fatback Band wasn't Earth, Wind, and Fire. They wasn't cool in the game. They were like on the bottom mm-hmm. of the level of bands. They weren't somebody who everybody would be like, oh, we got to get that Fatback record. No. So, so when, you, when you enrich people's lives and you give them an opportunity to make a living and to feel good about themselves and to maybe strive for a, for a higher platform, it's kind of like some of the videos you share with me. If the right things are done, those people will have maybe successful lives and careers. If the right things are not done or if nobody opens the doors for them, then it could, their, their fate could end up in another direction. So we were honoring people like Julie Rifkin and, and, and different people who have who have done what we say, have done something to help make music a universal language. And, and, we, are, and we basically are about acknowledging and celebrating the, the culture and the heritage of America's cultural, uh, musical contribution to the world. And I love that you picked people from all different parts of the entertainment world to show that, you know, just because you're in music, you need these other facets. Well, uh, artists, all artists have to know that. You know, it's funny because I heard... On one of your shows, by the way, I heard uh, your young lady interviewing uh, Vanessa Calloway. And Vanessa was talking about people, uh, allow people to do what they do. It's important that artists or any talent understand that they need a team. And, and allow your team to do what your team does. If you if you got somebody who's going to tell who's going to be your glam squad and they're going to help you to figure out what you need to be wearing, 
If somebody's going to help you to, to, to get work out and make sure you, you, you're in great shape and you don't eat what you need, don't mm-hmm. need to eat, or you need to go to bed and go get some rest because it, it's 3 in the morning and we're at this club and you've been drinking and you've got to do an interview in the morning at 7 o'clock and we're going to need you to wake up and be fresh. Are you going to be on, on camera? I don't, need your, I don't need your bags under your eyes. I don't need you not getting up. I don't need you being cranky. Your team, will, your team. So if your team is trying to make you go to bed and if it was a guy or girl and you've got somebody you want to get at, it's like, go to your damn room. Chill out, because you're working. Right. If so, if someone is going to tell you, we need you to perform and do 15 little Bakerfield kind of shows in Inland Empire and Richmond, California, and, and you're not going to get paid, let's go. Roll your sleeves up and let's go for it. Yep. Say, well, I need some food. Figure it out. Work it out. But, but if you want to be successful, you can't. Can you imagine wanting to plant? I take a kernel of corn. A kernel of corn you can eat or you can plant it. If you plant it, it grows up a stalk of corn and it got eight or nine ears on it. And each ear has lots of kernels on it. Mm-hmm. And you can plant those too if you choose to. My point is you've got to put them in the ground to plant them. So you've got to do, you, you, or you can eat it. So do you, do you say, oh, no, because my baby can't eat and I need to do this. Okay. So you can't figure out how to work that out or you can't put... On girlfriend, a brother, a mama, a cousin, y'all can handle that and take care of that. I'm going to go and hit Bakersfield and Richmond and Phoenix, and I'm going to probably go down to Galveston and Beaumont and find my way to New Orleans in time for the, for the Essence Festival and work up through Mississippi, and then I'm coming back. Or if I have enough money, I might go on into Florida and Carolinas. And work it. you got summertime. Right now, everybody, for the most part, is out of school. The perfect time to hit parks, playgrounds. Malls, where you want to go? Work and make it fun. But but leave an impression. Leave an impression. Nice that, but you need a team. Somebody's got to be say, well, I mean, you know, we made some flyers while we were in Atlanta. We're going to pass some flyers out. We're going to do this. You need a team. Um, we have to wrap up soon. We need to have you back in again. Uh, but Gladly. before we let you go, um, yeah, this is just one of the many programs that you're starting. Um, what else can we expect uh, whether it be for next, uh, well, let me just say we do month. we do a couple of things. The Black Music Month, the, the the Kevin Hart birthday party tonight. We're also doing a Nicki Minaj thing on Sunday. Those are those are those are a little bit different than than the hashtag salute where we honor the executives. That's the every Wednesday before the BET Awards, we do an event honoring behind the scenes industry executives, and that's what this year we branded it as hashtag salute. But aside from that, and that's for, for us, that's like paying forward. It is an invitation-only event. It's, we don't sell tickets, none of that stuff. And we, and we recognize people for their contributions and, and, their, and their hard work. The other events, the Kevin Hart Party, those are all like pay, pay events. Um, we, we have, we've also done a, a, do a program called the Business of the Music Business College Tour, where we go into college campuses and do a, a panel. We bring in entertainment people, lawyers, publishing people, marketing people, managers, it varies. <clears throat> those, those are all topic-driven. That series is about us giving back, but it's also about empowering young people and helping young people to get a better sense of bridging technology with the music. And where can people find out more about these programs? Um, best bet is for people to... to um, to, to email us because those those programs are in different on different college campuses okay. but it's a process before we can say when and where we're going to do it in LA we've only done UC Northridge is a, is a regular campus for us um, um, Cal State Northridge rather and uh, and we've done USC in LA we, we will probably not do USC again we'll probably do Cal State again Northridge <clears throat> and we'll and we we're being asked to do something at UCLA, but we haven't finalized it yet. Okay, so it it, it varies. And so people can keep in contact. Uh, Singleton em- Entertainment. SingletonEntertainment dot com is our website. There you go. Um, and, and your Twitter is <laughs> Twitter, Ernie, Singleton. Ernie Singleton. Ernie Singleton. And uh, they can like us on Facebook at Singleton E N T. Um, if they go to Ernie Singleton, I'm full, and they they won't let me put nobody new on. But um, and and people can email us, which is which I which I welcome. And that. what's your email? The email is es 
at singletonentertainment.com. E-S as in Ernie Singleton at singletonentertainment.com. So there and, you go. Uh, and they, they should say, they should say, uh, they, they should say the beat in the subject box. So that I know that it's 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 a part of your that you found it through us. Yes. All right. Well, Ernie, thank you so much for coming in. I definitely want you to come back in because I feel like I didn't even get to like pray into your brain. It's all right. Um, I love it, man. I love but it. I appreciate you coming through. Make sure you guys follow him at ErnieSingleton.com. and also make sure you guys keep in contact with us on Instagram at the Beat TV. You guys can tweet me and keep in contact at DJ Jesse J. Until next week, same time, same place. Peace, DJ. You're off the hook, my brother. Thank. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Music redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.